feel after a couple of glass of bubbles, you're confident, you're self-assured, and you're ready to take on the world? Imagine if you had the strength and awareness to do that when the buzz wears off. I'm Heidi Anderson, author, former radio host, and CEO of my own company, and this podcast is about building your confidence by stepping outside your comfort zone. Welcome to Champagne Confidence. Ashley McDonald, welcome to This Is Your Life. No, just joking. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm going to throw you right under the bus. How would you describe yourself if you were to introduce yourself to someone? Do I have a word limit? No, you can go as long as you want. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess that probably starts it off. Um, I'm an overthinker, so I need like specifics. Otherwise, who knows what you're going to get. Um, I'm very quirky. I'm an Aquarian, so I'm a bit, I'm always the weird one. I never really fit in anywhere. Um, I love sport. I am very, very in love and very, yes. very proud mum. Yeah. I love it. I love that you said straight up that you're an overthinker because that's, yeah, that's how I am too. And it's like sometimes you need those specifics, you know. Yeah. So when someone says describe to me, but that's why I love it because this whole podcast is about being uncomfortable. I'm yeah. like, that's why I love that question because it's like you really have to think about who you are and how yeah. you see yourself. Yeah. Um, so you are very much in love and Rosie Rees has been on uh, this podcast a few times now. She's one of my good friends. But you're lucky enough to be marrying her. I am. I'm very lucky. And she's lucky as well. So how would Rosie describe you if I got her on the podcast and asked, like, how would you describe Ash? Oh, I think Rosie would say um, I'm very consistent. Um, So I don't really really fluctuate in my Uh, yeah in my day-to-day like I am who I am you get you get me you know you don't get a different me every time depending on my mood you get me Mm. um I hope she would say that I'm very loving and loyal yes (laughs) and and quirky I think she would say I'm a bit weird what what is the quirkiness about you what like what's the what would you think is you know what if you were owning your weird right now what is the weirdest thing that about you I I was actually talking to my dad about this the other day and I realized that I get it from him yeah I was like we know a lot about just a lot about nothing like we if you if we're going to a quiz night you want us on your team like we know a lot about everything but nothing that's really overly important (laughs) so you're like doctor you're like doctor google I was gonna say doctor google you're just like google yeah, but I don't know like a lot about everything. I just know a little bit. Um, yeah. I think it makes it for a good conversation. I can talk to anyone because usually I can find something that, you know, I, I know what a little bit about and we can have a conversation about it. But it brings out some pretty weird facts. Like, like I really love science. Yeah. And I'm a, um, like I love maths and chemistry. So like I will always laugh at math and science jokes and people are like, that's not funny. You're so weird. Um, and I, yeah, I really like, like I'm I'm very, I don't know, you can see who I am, but I, I love Disney and I love like musicals. So, Me too. Oh, my yeah. God, I love music. What's your favourite musical? Oh, I, I, I just saw Frozen. Yeah. And I was like, this is, in terms of special effects, 
that is like the best one I've ever seen. Um, but Greece is is probably my favorite. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. mine too. And yeah. I love Les Mis. That's a fun yeah, fact for a lot. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. is Rosie into musicals? Because maybe we could go. Because Griffo's not into. Maybe we could go to musicals together. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Okay. We love to see. My cousin is a singer, and she's into musical theater. And um, we've been to a few of hers. She's amazing and Rosie loved it. But we went to one that she didn't really know um, the plot of it. So it was Kinky Boots. So if oh, like yes. it's usually only if you're really into musicals, you kind of know what it's about. Yeah. But she fell asleep before halftime. And when the interval happened, she like woke up, she was like, is it, is it done? And I was like, <laughs> no, it's half time. But, um, yeah, she's, she, I mean, she's into, you know, the main ones, but a bit of the more obscure ones, it's definitely not her thing, I don't think. Oh, my God, that is so good. Like, I'm actually happy about that. So that yeah. now if you ever need a partner, that's me, yeah, yeah, a musical done. partner. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get into a quiz called Expose Yourself, which I do at the start. I want to just say that there is a huge moment that happened in the last couple of years in your life where you woke up paralysed, didn't you? Yeah which I think from this moment we've seen many champagne confident breakthroughs for you. So I want to delve into that, but I love to do this quiz at the start because we find out so much about people. Um, What I would love to know at the start is just to clarify, what do you identify as? This isn't part of the quiz, but just so that we know this. (laughs) And it's a Um, good conversation for people to learn if they're educating themselves. For sure. So I identify as non-binary. So I use the pronouns they, them. But I'm also not offended when people get it wrong. I think there's a real difference in the world when people intentionally misgender you or continuously like do it on purpose and when they're just forgetting. Um, And I think it's really important to be super gentle. And I know a lot of people are really offended Mm. by it and and will get really angry and that's that's their journey. I can't comment on that. But for me, like my parents and my family and my friends have known me as a female my whole life, so like 30 years. So it's never going to just happen overnight. Yeah. Um, you know, when people make mistakes, it, it, people make mistakes. It, it is what it is. So I think, yeah, I'm not ever offended if people misgender me. Um, I think my my friends will be very quick to jump in and, and def- not defend me but to, you know, tell people the correct terminology. But, yeah, I, I do go by they, them. Yeah, and I, I think that's such an important conversation because I think through Instagram and emails these days, like, you know, where people sign off their signatures and stuff, m- many more people are using, um, you know, how they identify with themselves. And I think, you know, for me, I'll be really honest, when I first saw people saying she and her, I was like, does that mean they're lesbian? Like I was so not, had no fucking clue. This was maybe two years ago, kind of really became a thing on the social norms. And I was like having to Google, like, what does it mean? And then I'm like, oh, no, that's what I would identify as. But just for me, I was like, is she into her? (laughs) Like, that's what I thought it was. I don't don't think you're alone there either. I think even for me, I I didn't really know what that there was a thing, you know, non-binary. I just thought you were either male or female or trans. I knew a bit about trans. But um, the more that I kind of, you know, looked at it and the more that we we learn I was like actually that is me I've always said that I was a really bad girl like growing up and you can like there's photos to prove it right like you look at photos and I'm it's bad like I I don't know how to dress I don't know how to do my hair I never knew you know I was never into really wearing nail polish if I put on makeup it was awful so (laughs) 
I, I would much rather have been out playing footy with the boys or mm. um, dressing in my, you know, I always owned male clothes or the most masculine female clothes. So I did, I did always know I was different. I just didn't know that there was a label for it. So yeah. yeah. And this is the thing, isn't it? I think as we move through the times, like we've got social media, like p- people change, people evolve, conversations evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn more, we research more. And I think it's just a really respectful thing of how someone wants to identify. Yeah. And I think, you know, people like me existed a hundred years ago. Yeah. No name for it. So yes. I think that's the biggest argument that people of an older generation will say, oh, there's all these new, you know, genders no they were there you probably just bullied them into the closet like or they didn't feel safe or they didn't but 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 also you look back then there's like you know you look at Prince you look at George Michael like Mm, yeah but I think because social media this is where there is a beautiful thing about social media is that it carries on the conversation and someone who say sitting at home like you one day just looked and someone was talking about it and you're like, Oh, hang on. I, I think that's how I'm starting to feel. And yeah. that's what I'd never could put a label on it before or name it or whatever. Yeah. And that's how we've all connected. And that's how I think why it feels like there's so many things that are trendy now, yeah. um, you know, but it's not, it's just because people have more access to people yeah. all around the world with yeah. social media. And it's because of people, sharing their stories that other people feel permission to be like I'm still learning even yesterday I was reading an article that a friend of mine Sari who's also non-binary shared that there's a there's like a whole spectrum of non-binary um there are those who are directly in the middle and they're very fluid with what they wear and and who they are presenting as and then there's non-binary trans so there are those like me who are female-bodied but we present more as a male. Do I want to be a boy? No, I don't. I have no interest in having any surgery or any hormones or changing my gender. But I am very masculine presenting, and I do feel more like a boy yeah. inside. So that it is a whole spectrum, and that's me learning that. You know, yeah. yesterday. So it is. Yeah. I think all we can ask for is for people just to be like open, be people to just listen and and take on board what people are saying. Mm, I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. Okay, let's get into the quiz. Okay, what is your current state of mind? Uh, uh, There's lots in my mind at the moment. I've got a lot on to cram into like two weeks. So (laughs) my current state of mind is a bit frazzled. Yes, I love it because someone said chaotic the other day and I was like, yes, I just love yeah, yeah. this honesty. Like, chaotic, yeah, and so frazzled. And does that mean, like, do you react a certain way when you're frazzled? Sometimes. I have a very, um, again, something I'm still learning more about, um, very ADHD brain. And so when I get, when I have lots and lots and lots on, I tend to do nothing. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Frozen. Like, yeah. I do. I get so overwhelmed that I just rest and I don't have time to rest. But um, so I do, I do cope well under pressure in that, like, I've got deadlines that I have to, to do and I will get it done. But I'm also a little bit of like a hamster in a wheel at the moment that I, I just need to get started and I don't really know where to start. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I was coaching, I could get into that with you, yeah. but this is a podcast. <laughs> What's your favorite sex position? Um, me on top. You on top. Just normal missionary. 
normal missionary. Yeah, I don't mind missionary myself. And so um, one of my other questions, which haven't I haven't actually given to anyone else before, but I figured whilst we're here and yeah, yeah. you are going out with sex toy, you know, well, you're engaged to the sex toy entrepreneur yeah, yeah. of Australia soon to take over the world, um, Rosie Rees. What's your favourite strap-on? <laughs> well, this is opening can of worms. I really hope my mum's not listening to this. <laughs> hey, mum, just fast forward the expose yourself yeah. Uh, quiz. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going red. Um, we, this, uh, we is what, have, this is what this quiz is all about. <laughs> we invested in a really good one a few years ago. It's actually a prosthetic um, to design for trans men. Um, so, yeah, it's a, a very human-looking penis. Wow. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that one. I've only seen the black one that Rosie was hanging all over social media yesterday. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot out there and you can do anything. I just, yeah, I think we like that one because it kind of feels like the real deal. Yes, yeah. Okay, love it. Sorry, <laughs> Mum. Um, Sorry. What's your favourite emotion? Joy, like childlike fun yeah yeah and what do you do to like bring that out like is there any childlike activities and stuff that you do yeah I love going to we just got back from Queensland I love going on rides me like too adrenaline junkie I love yeah. roller coasters and and I love just being a bit silly so like when we go to theme parks I feel like everyone's just having a bit of fun you know um yes yeah that kind yeah. of thing that's so good okay and have you been married before these questions are definitely not just designed for you (laughs) yes I have I was married before so tell us about your marriage like you and then you met Rosie right yeah yeah so I I met my ex when I was 17 and started going out when I was 18 um and then we got married four years later or engaged four years later married five and then we were married for almost five years and then realised I was gay. Well, I knew I was into women, but realised yeah. I was very into women. So Yeah. Yeah, because, like, what was that like being one, you know, because you fell in love with this person, obviously, and he was a male, and yeah. then you realised, like, you were attracted to women. Was it a battle in your mind or did you guys, like, have conversations about it? Like, Yeah, what- we'd had conversation I have always identified as bisexual since I, I remember putting it as my myspace that long ago MySpace. I was like 12 or 13 so I've wow. always that I was into women mm-hmm. um and I've, I've yeah spoken about this before but I just for me I really wanted to get married and I really wanted to have babies that was my future mm-hmm. and so back then I didn't know much there wasn't a lot you know back then you couldn't get married um to a woman and I think you could have babies, but it was very hard and it was not common. So for me, I just made a very conscious choice that obviously I wasn't meant to do that because this is what I wanted in life. Um, And it wasn't until, yeah, I was in my mid-20s and I met Rosie and I was like, well, that's not something I can ignore. I don't think Mm. shut that down because I feel like in 10 years I'll regret not, not acting on it but not exploring what my head, you know, was telling me and um yeah I realized I had been denying a very big part of myself just looking back at the the time you know when we met I was very I was still you know I would still wear dresses and I'd still wear makeup to go out and stuff 
but it was because I felt like I had to. And then when I got married, it got worse because I felt like I couldn't, I had to be a wife. I had to be, you know, this person. And then when I had my, had Mackenzie, my daughter, it was even worse because I was like, okay, now you're a mum. You have to be really, you know, womanly. You have to be really motherly. And so I really, as much as I would wear my masculine clothes at home and I would be that in public, I didn't feel like I could could be that or I felt like, I, you know, people would be like, oh, she's really strange you know whereas now you own your weird and you own like you know in in not in your the way you dress I mean but just like how you even said at the start like I'm quirky and I love that yeah Yeah. and I really I really had to kind of look look deeply at that to be like whoa I've got to this point and I'm really shutting down a, a massive part of of who I am and it was little conversations um even when we were married it'd be like I was going to a ball for my job and I was like, I want to wear a tux. Like, that's really cool. And um, he was like, then I'm not going with you. Like, mm. and for me, that was like, okay, sh- sure. I see why. Yeah. But it wasn't until processing that information that I was like, wow. Like, I really wanted to just be myself and I wasn't able to, to do that. And that wasn't, you know, that's not a knock on him. It was no. just that's who he married, that's who he fell in love with. And it's who I was because I was really suppressing that side of me what are you two like now how is your relationship as co-parents yeah we're, we're good we're um we're, I would say we're friends we, oh, I love we we've had our like little bumpy patches as yeah. you know we would have been through those patches even if we were together we you know as parenting mm. is hard so parenting with someone else when you're not in the same household is hard but um yeah no I would say that we're in a very good in a very good place all our and- family and stuff so Oh, I love it. And I love I love seeing this new this new expression of you because you, you know, since we've become friends, you've evolved. But I feel like you've there's the this armor that you've de-armored as well. Like maybe before you'd built like a little bit of an exterior. Do you yeah. feel like that you were? Like, you know, yeah. Ha- yeah. I feel like because I was not being myself. So I feel like anyone who's built a persona that they feel like they have to portray you can't just be yourself in the moment because if you say something that goes against that it is kind of like a weak spot so you do build this like this is who I am I I did become very like I'm I'm a bit of a awkward turtle but socially (laughs) I've never got that from you I've actually never got that from you so that's really interesting Yes. I think it's more when I don't know people. Like yeah. once once people know me, I'm I'm fine. But it's if I don't, I get really like I get a lot of social anxiety meeting new people. But it's getting less and less as I become more me because yes. I don't fake it anymore. I'm not like, yeah, I'm not having to pretend to be someone I'm not. I'm just like, well, oh, this is me. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's you know, Griffo even said that. He said yeah. Ash is more her like more more themselves yeah you know and I was like yeah I see that and I feel that too and it's just this new expression of just being you know you get to be your fully expressed self yeah with acceptance and love and yeah yeah, I've I've really loved watching you you know come out of that you know and de-armor because I've been doing the same thing but in different areas of my life and yeah there's just something there's this newfound happiness that you know I feel like a lot of people when they you know realize that they're gay they have they come out with that I don't think I ever had to come out I think you know when I told my friends (laughs) that I was going to be I was dating a woman they were like 
yeah, we know. And I was <laughs> about like, time you told us. <laughs> I was like, did anyone not want to tell me for the last, like, 10 years? Like, so I don't think I ever had to come out, but I feel like this last two years, it's kind of like I've come out as who I am, as this non-binary yeah. masculine presenting person. So I feel like that's my coming out, not mm. that I'm in a relationship with and that's everyone expected that, but yeah. 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 Oh, so good. Okay, one more sex question, and then we're going to get into yeah. the, chat. the chat. Um, If your pussy had a, if if your pussy was a celebrity, who would they be? <laughs> um, Surely you and Rosie have had this conversation. No, we haven't. <laughs> well, this will be a good one to take to Rosie later. <laughs> um, Blake Lively. <gasps> oh. That's hot. Just yeah. because I feel like she's not like offensive. She's not controversial. She's yeah. just yeah. She's actually very funny. I love her yeah. and Ryan Reynolds' relationship, yeah. like online. Well, the way they yeah. perceive themselves online. Yeah, I love, I love that. It's yeah. so interesting because then you get the image in your head. <laughs> I have to ask Rosie that question. See what yeah. she would. Can say. you? Oh my god! Please film it. I want to see that. <laughs> Okay, uh, one more question. What's the rudest DM you've got? Well, probably Rosie when we, I, I mean, I've got a lot of like, you get a lot of dick pics and stuff, people trying to turn you, but I just. Why hasn't anyone sent me a dick pic? I can say, I'll forward them to you next time. <laughs> no. Um, no, probably Rosie when we met. That was probably the most shocking, like, oh, okay. <laughs> what did, do you remember what she said specifically? Yeah, vividly. Um, what? Well, we had been chatting about other stuff, so she didn't just slide in with this. But um, after we kind of sussed out that we were both cutting into each other, she was like, oh, that's good because I really want to lick your pussy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> like, what do you and, say? Yeah, so what did you say? Like, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much along the lines. I was like, oh, I'll be there. And then you were there. It was at my hen's party that you yeah. sneakily met Rosie out the front and you two were getting it on in the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, sorry, mum. Sorry, mum. I think your mum knows all this stuff anyway. She's I reckon your mum's a closet kinky lady. <laughs> yeah. Next question. <laughs> oh, I loved your mum when I met her the other day. She's oh, just so proud of you and I love the way that she loves you and Rosie and yeah. Mackenzie like it was just it was really nice to actually meet her yeah. and you know to see what you know where you came from like yeah. <laughs> yeah oh bless okay let's talk about you now we've got to expose yourself out so tell us you know I think we've de- de- delved into a little bit about how you've evolved as a person in you know the way that you express yourself um you know the way that you dress and everything, but I would love to go back to the, the day that you woke up and you were paralyzed because, like I said, I feel, and, you know, you're going to tell your own story, but that's where I've seen all these breakthroughs with you afterwards as your friend, yeah. you know what I mean, and just you living to who you are, who you want to be, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so I, I, I woke up one morning and both my legs were numb and I was like, Odd, but you know I've danced for 25 years and I've played sports so nothing's like odd in my body you know yeah. aches and pains and stuff um, and I just thought it was a bit of like I've got quite low blood pressure and a bit of bad circulation so it's like okay 
waited for it. It came back and that was fine. Um, and then I started getting a pain in my hip and, I, again, nothing unusual. It was a bit sore. It was getting worse and worse. And then it started to get a little, well, actually, I didn't. It, it got really bad pain in my hip. So I went to the doctor because I thought, well, I went to the chiro and he was like, I'm not adjusting you because you've got a bit of numbness. So I go to the doctor. I went to the doctor and then he was like doing these tests. Like he would lift my leg and say, push against me. And I couldn't, I had no strength at all in my leg. And I was like, that's, that's not normal. You know, that mm. that's alarming. And so, and then I had this pain in my, um, in my quad, but it wasn't muscular. It was like a really bad nerve pain. That's all I can describe. I don't know how to describe it. Anyone who's ever yeah. had nerve pain, it was just this like, yeah, chronic down the front of my leg and he sent me away he gave me an MRI referral for the following week and he said if it gets if the pain gets worse or the the numbness or the strength gets worse he said go straight to emergency and I was like oh, okay I still thought I had a pinch nerve in my hip at this point yeah I think I was on the Thursday or the Friday the next day on the Saturday I went to training and about halfway through the training I couldn't walk like I I just couldn't pick my feet up. My legs were really heavy. Um, the pain, I had to roll my shorts up on the um, left quad. Like I couldn't have anything touching it. Anything just lightly touching it was just horrific. Um, like I almost punched my daughter in the face because she came up and like hugged my leg. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, like I gave birth completely drug-free. I've got a very high pain threshold, but this was mm-hmm. like sinking me hard. So when I got home, Rosie was like, no, I'm taking you to the hospital. Um, and, yeah, I was extremely lucky that, A, the doctor in emergency took me seriously um, and, B, there was a car accident, a major car accident on the night and so the on-call MRI radiographer was coming in because normally on the weekend there's no MRIs. Um, and so he got me in straight away and within an hour of of that they came through to say there's a lesion on your spinal cord um it's not just a pinched nerve um and I was admitted that night and then they I remember them coming in saying you know it could be MS and I think that's the the moment that Rosie and I just kind of we just thought we honestly said when we leave here tonight we'll go and get a beer around the corner like we thought they were going to I don't know give me a painkiller and off we go um and so yeah when they said like it could be MS and and we don't know what, you know, the outcome is. It's transverse myelitis, but it was big. It was very heavy. Um, so, yeah, then I spent three weeks, almost four weeks in hospital and, yeah. <laughs> what is transverse myelitis for those who have no idea? And it's actually, it can be common for people like? Um, no, it's not. It's incredibly rare. Incredibly um, rare. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the like doctor here. <laughs> one in every f- four million people or something. Like it's really rare. <laughs> Whoa. I don't know where I got the common thing from. <laughs> it's co- it's more common in people who have MS. MS is oh, really Oh, maybe common. that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. MS I'll is leave the facts common. to you, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically transverse myelitis is just inflammation somewhere on your spinal cord. Um, so it could be from anything. It, it, it it could be from like a car accident. It could be from um, a fall or a break. It could be from just a virus. Um, but essentially, it's inflammation on your spinal cord. So mine's at T11, which is basically in line with my belly button, mm-hmm. um, which meant everything below that 
was numb at the time. Um, and they still don't know what caused it, but they're assuming it's from multiple sclerosis, which I've since been diagnosed with. Um, oh, wow. So it's a, common, a more common side effect of multiple sclerosis. And so what happened then? Because I know, you know, I remember you and I just, I would send you messages because I just loved how people were sending you celery juice diet stuff when you're in the hospital, <laughs> like the unsolicited <laughs> advice. And I would just send you like little funny messages yeah. because for me, I was like, you know, I wanted you to know that I'm here. I'm not going to give you unsolicited advice. We can laugh at these people, but tell us about like that hospital stay. And then I want to know, you know, where you're at now. Yeah. So I, yeah, it was straight in. They were they were so good in there, um, in the hospital. They were straight onto it. I was very lucky that they'd had actually had had a case about six months prior, so they knew exactly what they needed to do. Um, we've since joined a Facebook support group for transverse myelitis, and not because it's so rare, a lot of people aren't getting the treatment that they need, and and early intervention is really important. And so there's a lot of people out there that are not walking again or aren't getting their function back again so I was very lucky I went straight down oh, I had to have a um, lumbar puncture which was Whoa. probably the scariest moment of my life um I remember just getting like this tunnel vision when they were like explaining you know they have to explain all the side effects obviously yeah. and I just felt the world stop and I was like you know this is this is really serious um and so they did that, and then I had to go down and get this giant. I've still got the scar here. Um, I called it my antenna, but yeah. it was a big. Um, well, it was was very big. They told me it was small, but it was a big tube essentially down into the center of my um, chest that they hooked up to a plasma machine. So every second day, I had to go and have essentially my plasma washed. So they'd remove it, they'd clean off all the antibodies, and then put it back in. And Ash is just pointing to her, like your neck, by the way. Yeah. 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 Oh. A hole in my neck. And I had yeah. to sleep with that taped to my face for, yeah, the three weeks that I was in there. Um, and then a really strong steroid dose and some other medicines. I don't kind of remember what they were. Um, and then physio. And so within, I was very lucky within 24 hours, maybe 48 hours, the, um, my bladder and bowel function came back because um, that's a side effect. So I was very happy with that. So I was like, I think that's a big thing with independence to mm-hmm. have. And then my other leg came back to normal, which was my great. My right leg came back to normal. My left leg was still numb. When I went into hospital, the whole foot as well was numb, but I got my, I, I can feel below my ankle now and, and above my hip. Um, Wow. But I can't feel anything in between. So between my hip and my ankle, everything's completely numb. And you just, and you have, because how long post now this happened? It's near, it's coming up two years in February, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And so you were in hospital and I remember you came out and you were in a wheelchair and you still couldn't feel your leg entirely, I remember, at that stage. Yeah. So I think and- that was a big, like, I just assumed I'd be walking out of hospital, like they'd fix me and then I'd be good. Um, so I think coming home, whilst I was in a really good headspace, I was also like, uh, this is like I'm in my home in a wheelchair and this is really hard, like this is not going to be an easy. And at that stage we didn't know if I would walk, walk, you know, unassisted again. 
and we invested in a really good wheelchair and we, yeah, set up the home to help me, like our home, our bedroom's upstairs and our washing machine's downstairs. Like it's not ideal Um, to get into our house. You have to go down a small flight of stairs. So they were really good and installed rails and that for me to to help with that. But, um, yeah, we we didn't know. We had no idea if I would walk again. And how did you learn to walk again? Because I know there was a night that we went out and it was maybe two months after, three months after, and you're out dancing on the dance floor and seeing that on social media as your friend, I get emotional all the time because I did. I I saw you when you're in the wheelchair. I was with Rosie that day that it happened, you know, that it happened. And so for me to see my friend go through that, you know, when I watch you online, I just get this, overwhelming emotion of just happiness and joy for you yeah yeah I think it was just I was persistent I mean I was in a very good I was pretty fit and healthy before I went in and because I've danced all my life I do have good balance and I have good you know core stability so that definitely really helped you know the physios were were very impressed by that from the start I could still Mm. even though I couldn't feel the leg I could still stand still and stand up without falling over um but, yeah, I was just persistent. I was not going to let it beat me. I think I'm the yeah. type of person that if you say I can't do something, I'm going to prove you wrong. So I really, yeah, I had daily physio and um, even the times that they didn't want me up and walking when I was in hospital, I asked them to bring me a like a Zimmer frame because I was like, I don't want to go on that little wheelchair to the toilet and pee on that. I was like, I don't, It's. I just didn't want to do it. Mm. um so they were like oh no no no! you can't you can't you're putting too much you know weight on your upper body yeah you can't do it and I was like bring it to me <laughs> I'm going on my own I'm not I will show you <laughs> I'll show you and I basically dragged my legs like <laughs> it's funny to look back at it but it wasn't funny at the time but I was so determined I was like you know my whole job is on my feet my whole job is yeah yeah so I wasn't gonna let it beat me and what about like when you're in that moment and you walked home and, oh, sorry, you you were in the wheelchair and you're at home. What is it that you think is different about your mindset to other people's that get that got you through this? Because you, I believe from what witnessing as your friend, you have a unique mindset that not a lot of people would have had the mindset that you have. Yeah, I think it's funny because like all my friends, like you included and um, and Rosie and my family were like, you know, people kept throwing around, you're so strong, you're so inspirational. I hate that one. I know. That's why I was like, do I see that? I, do you know what? It wasn't even about me. I think mm-hmm. what got me through, it was that I don't want to be a burden on my family and my friends. And like, I, I don't want to have to have people push me around for the rest of my life, I don't want to. And I 100% would have, would have if I had to, you know, yeah. I was I was able to ask for help when I needed it and I was able. But for me, I was like I am choosing to continue to fight, whether it takes six months, whether it takes 10 years, like mm-hmm. I don't want to just accept this. If I can do everything I can, if they had have said, you know, your spinal cord is severed and there is no no way, I would have been like, okay. How, what can we do now to, to live like this? Mm. But when they say, you know, the fact that they had me up doing physio, they're like, we want to get you to this. I was like, okay, 
I'm going to do this because if I can not be that person to my family and friends, then I'm, yeah. So I think that's what it was more about. It was more about me wanting to get up and play with Mackenzie and it, and yeah. it was wanting to walk down the aisle, you know, at my wedding. So it was those things. It wasn't necessarily just about me. They weren't really selfish reasons. It, it was about other people. Well, you and Rosie had just got engaged as well. And so you'd been in this love bubble. It had been locked down. And then all of a sudden you went through this and your whole world just changed within like a week, basically, when you started getting that pain. Do you feel like you're starting to get, it's not like you're getting some normality now? Yeah, I feel like honestly just now. I feel like last year was such a whirlwind. Like we, we went into lockdown on the 1st of Feb, um, yeah. my birthday's the 2nd, it was my 30th. And so we had, um, Rosie had planned like a, a dinner for me and we had to cancel that because we were in lockdown. Yeah. And I was actually planning to propose on the 4th. Um, I had it all planned out. I paid for everything. I'd organised photographer. And when we went into lockdown, I just like spiralled. I was like, I cannot believe. Like Perth hadn't ever been, we hadn't been yeah. in lockdown. One case and I was like, no what is happening and I think everyone thought I was like devastated about my birthday and I was like no (laughs) not even that like um so I made the decision the day we went into lockdown that I was just going to propose on my birthday because I was like I'll make it an excuse that like I want us to get dressed up for my birthday for dinner yes like okay I'm just gonna do it then and then yeah literally four or five days later I started that that pain and two weeks later it was when I went into hospital so it was just this whirlwind and then the aftermath of of that you know it took quite a while to kind of kind of like just believe that it's going to be okay I think yeah that's the biggest thing and that's what I think I always felt like you had this belief but I didn't know if you were being um, say quotation marks strong for yeah. you know your loved ones and stuff like that because it felt like you know you did you wanted to protect Rosie you wanted to protect Mackenzie yeah. like anyone yeah. would so yeah where are you at where's your where where are you at with it all now I'm good like I'm I, even at the beginning I I knew I would walk again yeah. like I had I I just had this feeling that I knew yeah. I would walk again I probably didn't think I would get back to where I am as quick. I did think it was going yeah. to take longer, um, especially with going back to like my choreography and, and stuff. Um, so like now I'm just, I'm very grateful for where I am, but I'm also at, I'm actually probably a little bit more frustrated now than what I was a year ago because. Oh, really? Why? I feel like I'm like in this transition of, learning to live with MS and with the the fatigue and and my mind wanting to be able to live like I was because I'm like you know I can I can stand up I can walk I can do all these things yeah but my body won't let me consistently do that I need to rest more I need to adapt with some things more I need to yeah so I think that it, 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 that part is frustrating so you've been diagnosed now officially with MS and you still have numb, like paralyzed, yeah. paralysis. What am I trying to say? You're still paralyzed in one of it's your legs. It's called um, paresthesia because I can move it. Like it's not yep. paralyzed. I can move it and I can stand and walk, but I can't feel it. Will you ever? Or do they know this or have I you? Don't know. 
<laughs> and so how do how do you actually you know because this is baffling for someone who hasn't yeah. do you know what I mean like how yeah. how do you like how did you get by like how do you know yeah. that do you know what it's, I mean it's very bizarre and like if I'm standing and I really think about it it feels very odd it feels like I'm standing on one leg but I can feel my foot like it's because you can feel the bottom yeah yeah so that definitely helps I think that when I could start to feel the bottom of my foot um it really helped with walking because I could feel what yeah. I was stepping on and that I was okay um, but I did walk before I could feel my foot. So I did learn yeah, and to dance, not feeling anything. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre, but I think it's all the, the body and the mind is a very clever thing. And so the biggest issue I faced learning to walk again was bending the knee because the actual walking step, I could feel my hip and I could squeeze my hip to get the leg swinging, but I couldn't bend my knee because I had no feeling of those muscles so I had to learn in my own way how to to do that so but your body is yeah very clever it figures it out and then when you were drunk you would bust and dance moves all yeah. over the place like yeah I got better I got more coordinated the more I drank <laughs> and the, my neurologist said that he said you're in your head with it you need to like not think so much so he would give me things like when I was learning to walk I had to touch my fingers to my thumb one at a time to get me out of my head well coordination I don't know if I could do yeah. this <laughs> yeah like, like the, you're a dancer I think that's why you had you know yeah. this mindset you had this extra superpower I guess yeah. but yeah, yeah. Oh, and so tell us well, this life-changing moment for you for Rosie for Mackenzie how has it made you become more you um that's a good question I think that I really it's like I'm very grateful and thankful for what for what I do have now I think mm. that it it's kind of like that no second chance you know like life has given me this option to or this second chance to yeah to continue to be able to move so just do you like life's too short to not be yourself I guess um and, yeah because I see that I see yeah. that yeah yeah it's really hard to I think also I've really surrounded myself like I think once I hit 30 I think everyone goes through that their friends become you become closer to your good friends and everyone else kind of fades off into the background mm. and I feel like that has really helped because the people I do have in my life are so supportive and so um encouraging of who I am yeah because I think even just physically you know you you're you're changing you're becoming like you said you had that feeling inside you and now it's like you got your hair cut you you know when you go out you wear the tuxedos that's what you want to wear and you rock it you don't just wear it like you own it like that this is who I am yeah I think the it was small steps but they were big steps because when I did do them, like the first time I went and took Rosie to the Jungle Body Ball and I did wear a tuxedo, people were like, people would say, oh, my God, like you, it suits you, like this is who you are, you know, and I was kind of like, okay, so people do accept me if I am who I am. And then when you do that, you know, it's the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So then I think one of the biggest moments was cutting my hair because I've had the longest, thickest hair yes. all life. You know, I was on the box of a hair tool you know, for mermaid hair, this yeah. big, and 
my whole life people like no don't cut it don't cut it it's so beautiful like why would you cut it I wish I had hair like that and so I never did it was so long and so thick and so heavy and I hated it because I just felt like it it just wasn't me and it was always up in a bun and so when I did cut my hair it was a big like yeah I'm still me and I think that's what people have seen I hasn't I'm still me with short hair, but I'm mm. even more me than what I was. Like I'm more comfortable. Isn't that funny how people identify like with your hair or do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's just so crazy. But, I mean, I'm just jealous because I really, I've got the thinnest hair at the moment. I've lost My so mum and Nana have so, such thin hair and they yeah. were all my whole life. They were like, no, you can't cut it, yeah. you can't cut it. And I yeah. was like, why not? I hate it. Like I yeah. want to. Yeah. Do you feel like? Now you feel more accepted. You actually don't give as much fuck what people yeah. think. Like, do you know what I mean? There was all this time that you just wanted to be accepted and you cared what people think. Yeah. And then now you say you get there, again, in quotation marks, like with people accepting yeah. you in this, you know, the person that you are. But now you're like, do you actually even care? Yeah. I think I've always been someone with my personality. I've never cared what people think. So I never cared what people thought if I was out kicking the footy with the boys or if yeah. I was like being a bit of a science, if you, you know, I was doing really well in science. I never cared that what people thought about my personality, yeah. but my looks, I did care if they, mm. you know, if I thought I didn't fit in because I didn't know how to put makeup on or I didn't know what to wear. Um, like I always used to get really anxious of what to wear and I would have like almost panic attacks because I was like, I don't know what, what I should be wearing. Whereas now I, I don't because I'm comfortable in what I own and what I'm wearing. Um, so I think that's the difference. I, I didn't care what people thought of my personality, but I really did care of what they thought I looked like because I just wanted to fit in, you know, visually. Whereas now I genuinely don't care. I'm like, this is who I am. If you don't like it, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just this crazy thing. I be, I was like that too. It's like when finally like I was like, oh, you know, they accept me or whatever, like through the personal development stuff, the things yeah, that I've yeah. done and shared my shit. But then now I'm like, I actually don't care. But it was like <laughs> I was always searching for this validation. And that's, I think, the champagne confidence within that I talk so much yeah, about. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the work that, you know, that you do. I would love to know um, what what is like the, I think I asked you this question. Did I, I think I asked you this question when you were in the wheelchair and I came into your house and I was like, did it, did you just have a moment where you just were like, fuck it? you know, everything that I want now I'm going to fucking go get because, like, this is my, you know, this is, like, kind of like, you know, they say, you know, you have a near-death experience or whatever. Like, did you have that moment where you're just like, nah, fuck this, nothing is going to hold me back anymore? Um, I think I had, like, a few moments. I think in the hospital I was just so focused on, um, not being there. I was like, I was just so focused on doing what I had to do mm. to get out. And, you know, those around me, like um, my family and, and Rosie were struggling with it. So I think I was so like, I just have to be cool. Cause if I lose my shit, what are they going to do? Cause they're already. Yeah. Losing shit. Um, I think the moment when I got out and I started like walking again was probably yeah, that, that was probably the biggest thing. I think when I started walking unassisted or even assisted, like, with the crutches and stuff, and I was like, I, yeah, I'm not going to just, you know, let life pass me by now. I'm, I'm yeah. 
yeah, but not one big moment, I don't think. I think there was just a few little yeah. milestone moments. So what's next for Ash? Uh, wedding. <laughs> oh, my God. Where are, you, where are you getting married? In Queensland. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, we've just um, we've been to see the venue last week and, and locked all that in. Just got to sign the paperwork this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's I'm taking a year off um, coaching calisthenics just so we can focus on wedding planning and um, doing a bit of travel. We've got, yeah, bit of, we've got lots of work stuff, lots of travel stuff. So just to, yeah. I think, enjoy the year that we didn't get post being engaged. Mm, so yes. I think that's what, yeah. That's what's next. <laughs> I am so excited for you and Rosie. You know how much I adore you both individually and as a couple. I think, you know, there's just so much love there. Is yeah. there anything that you want to leave, you know, us, you know, this podcast is all about champagne confidence, being uncomfortable, you know, is there any wise words that Ash has before we finish up? Um, I think it's just going back to what we were speaking before about um, like getting that validation once you start becoming who you were and I think it's probably the same as you and it's that you always worry about what people think and it's actually when you get to the point where you're like actually this is who I am I actually don't care if you if you like it or not it's usually then that people are like oh my god like you're you're that's when you get the most praise so Mm. I think that's that's the big lesson is that Mm. actually people can really feel and see when you are being you um And not not faking it or not pretending that you're being someone, yeah, that you're not. Mm, I love that. I love you. Thank you so much. Where can people stalk you? I love your handle name on Instagram. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at, at the handsome mum. Yes. And I'll I'll drop it in show notes, but I love you. I can't wait to, you know, to just see what this year unfolds for you. And I, you know, thank you for sharing your journey with us. Like on social media, you took us on the journey with you. Like you were open, you were vulnerable. Um, I'm not going to say you're inspirational, but you were inspirational (laughs) to me. Hashtag inspo. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm not inspirational. (laughs) What What would you say it is then that you are? Just quickly before we wrap up, like what, are you courageous? You're just being you. Just being me. I'm but just you can't. I'm just doing what has to be done. But you know, that's what I think people love. Like that's what can be yeah. inspirational. Do you know what I mean? You're like, get fucking shit done. I'm, I'm gonna walk again, done. bitches. I'm gonna yeah. dance. I'm I gonna don't have like- time to be I don't have time to feel sorry for myself. I just have yes. to keep going forward. Mm, I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ash. Thank you so much for listening to Champagne Confidence today. The only way we're going to unleash inner champagne confidence in other people around the world is by you getting around the show. So if you are loving it, I would be so grateful if you could hit follow on whatever podcast app you're listening to and leave us a review. It would mean the absolute world. And please come and introduce yourself. I hang out mainly on Instagram at underscore Heidi Anderson. Love you lots.